1: Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Right, so to me, the Me Too movement, it's supposed to be about, now others may have their own interpretation, uh, but taking claims of sexual abuse and harassment seriously holding powerful people to account for what they've done. But it doesn't necessarily mean or it shouldn't mean throwing out the presumption of innocence or automatically believing all accusations. Because, yes, we have had some very serious and very credible accusations and allegations brought against some pretty powerful people. We have also seen through all of this where some allegations have been found to be less than credible. So how should organizations handle these things? Well, the case involving uh, an author by the name of Stephen Galloway, who was uh, chair of the University of British Columbia, UBC's creative writing department, is kind of a cautionary tale. This actually goes back before there really was a a Me Too movement to speak of. UBC tried to deal with some allegations that were brought against this individual but seemed to have made a, a mess of the whole thing. Uh, they had to pay him $167,000 earlier this year. Uh, just recently, they had to pay him an additional $60,000 on top of that. Now, some allegations were brought forward against them. UBC decided to investigate, which I, I guess seems logical, but then it kind of goes off the rails from there. I want to explore this uh, in more detail. Uh, Jonathan Kay is Canadian editor at Quillette Magazine, Quillette.com. It has an interesting piece. uh, The scandal at UBC keeps growing, but no one has been held accountable. Jonathan Kay, welcome to the program. How are you? Uh, Very well. Um, By the way, before we get into this story, uh, I want to give you an opportunity just to tell people a bit more about uh, this this magazine that that you're now a part of and and the kinds of stories uh, that that you're covering.
0: Uh, Sure. It's called Quillette. The URL is quillette.com. It was just started a couple of years ago, but... Uh, it's based in Australia. It immediately got my attention because it's intellectual without being academic. Um, It permits long-form journalism. Some of our essays, uh, you know, our original essay about Stephen Galloway's situation was 11,000 words, uh, which is the equivalent of like three or four newspaper pages. Um, So we go into stuff in detail, especially in regard to stuff that's happening on campuses, uh, cultural uh, controversies. We have a lot of articles about science, And uh, I've been working there for about six months, and I love it.
1: All right. Well, and it gives an opportunity, as you say, to explore stories like this and explore them in great detail. So Stephen Galloway, um, the UBC has paid him, as mentioned, $167,000, just recently an extra $60,000 on top of this. Uh, Allegations were brought against him regarding sexual misconduct. UBC investigated. I mean, just on, on those points, how should organizations handle these kinds of situations?
0: Well, there are some things that UBC did right. Uh, I should say that it wasn't just that UBC investigated, they actually got a former British Columbia Supreme Court judge, uh, justice to come in and, and do the investigation. And the investigation showed that the, the most serious allegation that raped someone he was having uh, a sexual affair with, uh, that it, was, it didn't happen, um, that it was not credible. The problem is that investigation was only conducted after the university responded somewhat hysterically to the original allegation. So the original allegation was brought forward. One would expect that the university would say, hey, look, this is pretty serious. Uh, Maybe we'll put the professor on leave while we investigate. Instead what happened is that the professor was immediately suspended, this is Galloway, and uh, the university put out this press release whose language suggested that the guy was like some kind of sexual predator. It talked about the safety of students and almost like sort of I've spoken to several students who were at UBC at the time in the creative writing department and the uh, professors who sort of took over and kind of um, Alexander Haig style declared that they were leaving the place. They had this um, assembly and everyone was very frightened. Uh, I just spoke to to one former UBC student who said that from the tenor of what she was hearing, that she expected to hear that Galloway had been accused of, uh, of murdering people or, or preying on small children or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that all of this eventually formed the basis of the arbitrator's judgment uh, that awarded uh, in total well over $200,000 to Galloway.
1: Yeah. Uh, so they, as you write, they suspended him, they smeared him, and then they fired him, basically. <laughs>
0: Exactly. Uh, and notwithstanding the fact that the university's own commissioned investigation cleared him of, of what were the, the most serious charges. it found, by the way, that, that Galloway had a, an affair with a student, which is, um, isn't a good thing to do. And um, you know he wasn't exactly living a wholesome lifestyle, but there's a very big difference between being a rapist and having an affair. And the problem is that the literary and academic industries being what they are – To a certain extent, it didn't matter that this former BC Supreme Court justice came in and exonerated Galloway, because the cliquish, somewhat professionally incestuous circles in which Galloway uh, uh, ran—it had already sort of. Uh, There are there are dozens of friends and professional contacts who won't speak with Stephen Galloway because they made up their mind that the guy is guilty based on UBC's communications way back in, in 2015. And, uh, they sort of, they made up their minds and they refused to revisit the issue. Uh, despite the fact that all this information has come out, uh, essentially exonerating him.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and he, he's a pariah. Uh, he, he did an interview recently where, you know, talking about how his, his, life has been destroyed. Uh, he says, I haven't got so much as an email about writing in two years. I have no publishing prospects. I will never teach again. Um, his wife, their four children, says we've been living on uh, on a line of credit. He says I've won a moral victory, but my life is destroyed.
0: Yeah, and 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 essentially based on on lies. Um, and it's, it's 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 really an awful thing, and it shows that it's a wonderful thing that we take allegations of sexual assault seriously, and people who are leaders of the Me Too Me Too movement are completely correct that for generations we didn't take these accusations seriously enough. It's absolutely true, and it still happens in many industries. Um, So the instinct that says we're going to take these things seriously is is a completely welcome development. And it's also true that the vast majority of sexual assault allegations are are true. Um, It's it's relatively rare that there are uh, false allegations. But we we have a, a legal culture and we have a tradition of, of innocent until proven guilty. And I believe that has to be upheld even when it comes to internal investigations that take place uh, at workplaces and, and such as UBC is.
1: Well, it, it can be difficult because here we have a situation where um, Mr. Galloway was having an affair with somebody and this was the the individual in question. So there was a, a relationship there and he maintains that this is, is all it was, was this affair. Obviously she was alleging more serious things. So there is a challenge in trying to deduce what the truth is.
0: One of the, the weird things that I found out as I was investigating the story, um, both, both, both as a writer and as an editor, um, is that—and this is crazy. May, many of your listeners may, not, may be astounded to learn this—many universities do not have hard and fast policies that prevent professors from having sex with students. They generally have policies preventing you from grading the work or being, uh, you know, a thesis advisor to somebody you're having sex with. Right. But, uh, you know, I, I saw this with Concordia University in Montreal, um, my hometown, where there was a, sort of a similar scandal that was alleged there, and it emerged that like there's actually no hard and fast rule against that. So while it is true that, that Galloway, I mean, I personally I think it was, it was wrong what he was doing and. The facts have come out. It's uh, you know, they're both cheating on spouses and stuff. It's not wholesome and it's not admirable, um, but it is also a long, long way from uh, from rape, which of course is one of the most serious uh, crimes that exist. And that's what he was accused of. That's what he was he's accused of, of raping uh, the woman he was having an affair with. Not once, but twice. Uh, the allegation was that uh, one instance of rape took place in his office on the floor. Uh, another allegation was that he uh, raped a woman on a boat. Um, both of the um, uh, scenarios that were the subject of the allegation were were quite uh, difficult to believe. And in fact, uh, as I say, the woman who investigated it, former BC Supreme Court Justice, uh, found them without merit, and um, that's that's why she concluded, as she did, that that Galloway hadn't hadn't done this. Uh, but you know. You have to take accusations of rape extremely seriously because it's such a serious crime. But because the consequences of it are so serious, that's why we have the presumption of innocence. You know, if you, <clears throat> you get a speeding ticket, the idea of the presumption of innocence isn't so important because it's, it's, not, it's not, you know, you don't go to jail for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the importance of the presumption of innocence, the importance of due process That becomes more and more and more important as the severity of of criminal allegations goes up. And we all agree that rape is an incredibly serious crime. Oh, yeah. yeah. And by the way, as far as I know, the police were never brought in to investigate because the evidence never even rose to the level where where a real police investigation, there may have been some preliminary investigation, but never even rose to the baseline level where the police were brought in to investigate because the evidence just wasn't there. Uh, and yet, as as you say, the man's career um, lies in ruins. Although in the last six months or so, there has there have been indications that, that he's going to be able to make a comeback. But my God, what a difficult uh, few years it's been.
1: Well, no kidding. Um, because, look, I mean, if, if UBC had at least said, OK, this, this report exonerates him, we're satisfied that this didn't happen, but he was still having an affair with a student, and that's bad, and we're firing him for that reason. But that's not what happened here.
0: The problem with what UBC did is they tried to have their cake and eat it, too. They, they made a big fuss about how, oh, we can't talk about any of the details uh, because there's all these different confidentiality um, uh, provisions, which is true, but, but they cynically let the rumor mill and Twitter do their dirty work for them. Mm-hmm. So you know these days, an institution like UBC doesn't have to uh, put out a statement about you know, this person did X, Y, and Z. They can just let people's imagination run wild on Twitter, which is what happened. And uh, and then even when the report came that exonerated um, Galloway, uh, the university still, in violation of confidentiality provisions, uh, one of the officers at the university put out this this really unfortunate statement when this talk know about which justified the termination, and and that's why the arbitrator actually uh, issued a second award against UBC and and demanded that they cough up an additional $75,000, 60000 of which went to Galloway, and 15000 of which went to the Faculty Association.
1: And no one's uh, had to pay any kind of price for this said UBC. No one's been uh, held accountable for this.
0: And, and this is the subject of my article at Quillette, which uh, uh, was called, uh, if I remember correctly, The Scandal at UBC Keeps Growing, But No One Has Been Held Accountable. This is probably the biggest academic scandal of 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 our generation I, I don't know that there's been a bigger academic scandal in canada uh... It is also one of the most terrible um, instances of false allegations in canada and it undermines the me too movement by the way because mm-hmm. when 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 women who, who do come forward who've been raped make these claims it you know they are undermined by pe- people who make false claims right. but as far as i know no one in the administration at ubc has uh... Has paid the price um, and there hasn't even been a move to do a full investigation of the administration's clearly deficient uh, and reckless response to this. Uh, in fact, uh, one of the um, one of the, the main players, uh, who, a guy by the name of Philip Steenkamp, who is the vice president external, he's the guy at UBC who made some of the comments that the arbitrator ruled were in violation of the confidentiality provisions. Uh, he actually just got a new job. He... Uh, university in british columbia so not only did he not pay a price but uh you know he got a big promotion
1: well uh, all the details is mentioned at quillette.com john thanks for making some time for us here today really appreciate this
0: thank you all
1: right take care uh jonathan k canadian editor at quillette magazine quillette.com that's q-u-i-l-l-e-t-t-e quillette.com um yeah and it sounds like this is the kind of exactly the kind of thing that there should be some repercussions for for people who mishandled this, and, and none of it's happening.
0: Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 12:30 on News Talk, 770 Calgary.